gotta block them, we gotta out tackle them, we gotta out hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out block them, you out tackle them, you out hit them, and you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. All right, welcome in, boys and girls. This is R.J. Bell's Dream Preview College Football Edition Week 4. And Week 3 was not as kind to us as Week 2, Scott, uh, for our contest. Week week 2, we start out 6-2, and two, which Week 2 was Week 1 of the contest. Yeah, we're always, like, behind. It's very odd. It, it's, week, it's Week 4 of the college football season, but it's Week 3 – of the college football pick'em contest. Yeah, so we end up if we went with all the picks on our pod, we would have gone four and four. Mm-hmm. Instead, we made some last-minute changes. Some and some were out of necessity because Arkansas, uh, Arkansas State, Memphis wasn't on the card. Yep, that was the one that was out of necessity. So, which was great. That would have been a loser. Yeah. They, uh, the line was 13 and a half. Memphis won the game by 12. Yeah. So we pu- we had to pull one of our losers. That's a great that, that's great. If we're forced to pull a loser, that's that's a good sign. Happened to us week 1 also. We pulled a yep. loser and replaced it with a winner. Uh unfortunately, I said, "Man, there's a lot of money pouring in on Notre Dame." I it was like oh, I think it was 2 point 2 and a quarter points or something had had come in on Notre Dame mm-hmm. and I was like, "Ugh." That's just getting out of comfort range for me. So I pulled that, and my brilliant idea was North Texas plus three and a half, which had a ton of money had poured in on them that dr- drug them below t- three. So they were now two and a half, which three and a half to two and a half is a massive move. Probably not as massive as it is in the NFL, still a massive move, and that ends up being a loser. So we followed the money. And it steered us in the wrong direction. And sometimes it does that. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the right answer is to say. Well, we 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 can't do that anymore. I don't think that's the right thing. I think it it shouldn't take us off of a handicap. It might help us put us on something, and so it put us on North Texas, which okay, that happens. It was a loser, but I don't hate it when it puts us on a pick. I am upset when it takes us off a pick. And it took us off of Cal when your handicap was the right handicap. And we shouldn't have let it talk us out of, of Cal. Especially because it went from 10 and a half to, you know, 12 and a half. Like it, it wouldn't have, it didn't go through any key numbers. It, that was, it's on me. I, I, I said, you know what, this has moved too much. I'm out on it. And one of the other ones that we threw in late was Western Kentucky, which was a winner. But yeah, overall, like we went to, we went one and two on our late ads uh, because the other one was Rutgers. Um, so just a we take a wouldn't have been a good week. Would have been a four and four week. And, and Fresno State, if Jake Hayner doesn't get hurt, it's a complete. We who knows? But what this happens. is what's this is who what's going to happen every week. And this is yeah. just like betting. You never know when the starting quarterback is going to get hurt. Of course. It, but like to if me, you've got an underdog, yeah, he and, gets, and a starting quarterback gets hurt, good luck. Yeah, he, he gets carted off in a twenty-one-ten game, right? Yeah. I, I just I turn the game off. That's it. Like I don't care what happens the rest of the game. The handicaps thrown out the window. There was an eleven-point game, and they had the football. So we're at nine and seven for the contest now. Uh, we're not far off. No, not, there's no one running away with this thing no, through two weeks. We're hovering in in the uh, just above the middle, 
and we're a good week away from being back in the mix of things. That's uh, right. We were like seven and one week will be good. Four and four on the pod on sides. Two and zero oh on our total. Our totals on this pod have been killing it all. Could, I don't think we're undefeated. Imagine, could you imagine if the contest allowed us to pick totals? Oh my god, I would pick eight totals. <laughs> I think we'd be sixteen and. 0. I'd pick eight totals. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get into this week's picks, and I'll let you start because y- your pick is our best bet. We, we last week we were a little we didn't announce what the best bet was. Mistake on me as the guy who who's running this thing. This week I'm gonna make no mistake because we're gonna make it the first. We're one. gonna make it the first one. Let's get it out of the way right now. Right out of the gate, Wake Forest home dogs uh, going up against Clemson. They're catching a touchdown. For contest purposes, I hope this thing's seven and a half. Six and a half is going to upset me, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be seven and a half when it comes down to the contest lines, which will be available in about a day or so. I think Wake Forest is ready for this challenge. Dave Clawson has repeatedly spoke about how playing against Clemson is a measuring stick for this program. He doesn't have a good record against Clemson. We know that. He's, what, 0-8, I think he is, against Clemson. But last season... They put up over 400 yards of offense, but they turned the football over three times. And we talk all the time on the Dream Pod when we're talking about NFL and, and turnover luck and how you can't exactly measure uh, the game that way and things like that because they're unpredictable. They tend to even out, whatever. I just think this Wake Forest offense is ready for the challenge. They have a veteran team, 39 players on the Deacons are in their fifth, sixth, or seventh years. Sam Hartman's looked good in his first two games. Remember, he didn't play week one. He had the blood clot issue, had the surgery. And Wake Forest at home. Boy, I wish this was a night game. If this was a Thursday night or a Friday night game, this might be my game of the year. Because Wake Forest hasn't lost at home since September of 2020. 11 straight home wins. And Clemson... In their last 10 games in the month of September, just 1-9 in ATS. They have not covered a road game in the first month of the season since 2019. Wake Forest, take a touchdown at home, sprinkle a little bit on the money line, people. I'll tell you what, Wake Forest, their defense the last few years has just been bad. Uh, but they go out and they hire Brad Lambert from Purdue, and this is almost an immediate turnaround. If you go to pff.com where they grade you, uh, they've got the best pass rush grade in the entire country, mm. uh, which is something they've they've not even been close to the last few years. And this Clemson offense is meh. I mean, that's what's been the knock on him the last sure. two years. Is it, eh? I, I, it's clear that Wake Forest has the better quarterback in this matchup, no doubt. And, and they're going to throw the ball. They're going to. They, the great thing about betting Wake Forest as a dog, they're never going to be out of it. There's always a mm-hmm. shot at a back door. As good as Clemson's uh, defense is, it's and, also and not. It's not a Brent Venables defense anymore. It's not. They're still elite from a talent standpoint. But But uh, from a scheme perspective, from a game plan perspective against Sam Hartman and Wake Forest, you might think they've seen him the past couple of years, right? No, 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 no. This might be a whole new game plan. Yep, no doubt. So I'm in love with this pick. This is uh, if it if it wouldn't have been your first pick, it would have been mine. So that's the perfect recipe for a best bet. Best bet, Wake Forest. All right. 
I'm going to go with I, – I, I've got two big favorites on my card this week, which is, as you know, as we've been talking about things, it's outside my box a little bit. I, I've been uh, – the last couple of years I've been a lot more dog-heavy, especially in conference matchups. Mm-hmm. This week I don't care. Tennessee minus 10 hosting Florida. And if you want to look at the series history here, <laughs> you're going to think I'm out of my mind. And maybe I am. Maybe you are. Florida has won 16 of the last 17 in this matchup. In those 17 years, Tennessee has been favored once. It's the game they won. (laughs) Listen, this is just a a Florida team that's been better over the last several. This Tennessee team is different, though. And here's what they've got going for them right now. Well, first, let's start start with Florida. If you got excited about Florida – after that week one upset against Utah, mm-hmm. it was justified. That was a big win. If you've continued to watch Florida, that excitement has fizzled. Uh, this is this is not what we thought they were after one week. Anthony Richardson, who was the toast of the town. Shot up the Heisman board. Uh, is he on the Heisman board anymore? He can't be. Anthony Richardson was awful against Kentucky in a loss. He was awful against South Florida this last week in a game that they barely hung on to win, which, by the way, was one of the last ones we looked at to adding to our, our card. And, of course, we don't add that one. We that, we add one of those other bonehead plays instead. <laughs> Richardson has, amongst the 14... 80-1. 80-1? to, one. Yeah. 80 to one? Yeah. Bye. <laughs> amongst the 14 starting quarterbacks in the SEC, he has the fewest passing yards... And the worst completion percentage. Mm. Do you know how many touchdowns Anthony Richardson's thrown for this year? Mm, three. He's thrown for the same amount of touchdowns as Mackenzie Rivers. Zero. Zero touchdown. Mackenzie, have you thrown an SEC touchdown this year? Not a one. Yeah, zero. So now you're talking about you – look at – now let's switch to Tennessee. Hendon Hooker has, has thrown many, many touchdowns. Actually, I think it's six right now. And then no picks. 40 to one to win the Heisman. And this offense is firing. Now you look at if Florida's, uh, they're trying to be a run team because Anthony Richards can't throw the ball. So they're going to be, at some point, they're going to have to start chucking it. Against South Florida when they started chucking it, what happened? Two picks. Against Kentucky when they started chucking it, what happens? Two picks. If Anthony Richardson's forced to throw the ball, they're in trouble. And Tennessee, the pace that they play at and the efficiency of their offense is so good. I can't see a situation where Florida's not chasing them. And this is also a great scheduling spot for Tennessee. Last week should have been the letdown spot. Akron coming off the pit win and leading up to the Florida game, you would have said, oh, Akron, sleepy spot. Mm. No, they went 66-3 to three or whatever. I mean, they just blew the doors off of them. Now, you're coming off an Akron win where you, you got to sit your starters late in the game. On deck, bye week. All of Tennessee's attention is on this Florida game. This is a team that has smacked them around for years and years. This is a yep. huge game to Tennessee. Had Florida not won the coin flip game against Utah, or had they not won the, the coin flip game against South Florida, if they were 1-2, and two, and both their wins have been coin flips. Yeah. We'd be looking at this line and going, oh, this Close is to two touchdowns. This is easy. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's it's no it's no less easy 
than it would be there. Florida's been fortunate. Tennessee has been dominant. Tennessee minus 10 is going to uh, make our card this week. Now, it's going to be 10 and a half in the contest. I'm guessing it will be. I'm okay. You're okay with yeah. it? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm okay with that as well. All right. Nealon's going to be rocking. No doubt. And it hasn't in a long time. I mean, Tennessee is almost like Nebraska. Now, they they haven't fallen to the lows that Nebraska has. Mm-hmm. But think, I, I don't – I mean – I guess you're old enough to remember when Tennessee was like a dominant force yeah. in college football. McKenzie probably doesn't. That's crazy. Does McKenzie to think. know that they won a national championship? I know Peyton Manning was there for a minute, But it right? wasn't with Peyton Manning. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I remember. It was the next year. Yeah. So I'm telling you, this is it's been a long time since Tennessee was legit. This Tennessee team is legit. And here's the other thing. I don't mind playing them as a big favorite here. Josh Heupel is the kind of coach you want as a big favorite because he is a feeling herder. He's going to go out. He doesn't care if you're like what it's going to look like. He doesn't care if people are going to go, oh, did they really have to run it up? Josh Heupel will run it up on you. I think he's got a chance to do it here. All right, where are you going for your second play? All right, so here's what I'm looking for. My second play, I'm going to go with another dog. I got three dogs and one favorite. So, oh, yeah, no, this yeah a little bit. Um, I'm, I am going to go with um, Arkansas. Okay. Razorbacks, two-point dogs. The contest might have it one and a half. Doesn't matter to me. This is I'm going to be on Arkansas money line. This one got punished last week fading a And M. Uh, Miami was on our card. Mm-hmm. B- block kick. Uh, I yeah. mean, they had their chances, mm-hmm. didn't get it done. But a And M's offense didn't disappoint. It was exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah, exactly. And how does that offense keep up with Arkansas? The only way is if the Arkansas defense. That let Missouri State give them hell. Last I just week think comes that they town. weren't up for that game. And you might be right. You can call it a look ahead spot all you want, and maybe that's what it was. But they're going to be up for the, this. This game is at AT and T Stadium. This is at Jerry's big deal. This is a big game, and we all know that Jerry is an Arkansas guy, so it means more to him to have Arkansas win this game. So he'll be up in the box watching his Razorbacks, hoping for a win here. And and let's look at it from a coaching perspective here for a second. Sam Pittman spoke this week in his press conference about how Arkansas is familiar with Max Johnson because last year they prepared for Max Johnson in that game against LSU. Max Johnson stunk up the the, the stadium in the first couple of drives and got benched in that game. Well, but now he's got offensive genius Jimbo <laughs> Fisher yeah. to... Uh... But, but still, there's nothing that Max Johnson's going to do that Sam Pittman and Arkansas have not already studied on tape Multiple times because they did it last year with arguably a team that had more talent around him than what A&M has. And then you just look at this Arkansas offense. All right. Like I said, maybe they got overlooked. But the the Texas A&M secondary having to deal with a wide receiving core of Matt Landers and Jaden Hasselwood. Remember, Hasselwood was was at Oklahoma for the past couple of years. Now he's at Arkansas. How does K.J. Jefferson not absolutely ball out in this game? He should. Fast track. And remember, A&M last week, Miami was without their best receiver, which we found out, of course, after the pod release. Yeah. But, yeah, this this is going to be a real test for A&M, no doubt. I think that you look at – Which, by the way, how lucky is A&M? Remember – I mean, it, it feels like all season long they've kind of lucked out with the, the other team's yeah. best receiver just not showing up. A&M only gained 264 yards against Miami. They were 4 of 12 on third downs in that game. 
Arkansas is going to score. They're probably going to get 30 points, 28 to 30 points, maybe more than that. I just don't see A&M keeping up with them. I'm I'm a little surprised at this line, to be honest with you, because I think Arkansas should be favored. I don't disagree. I'm certainly lower on the market than almost everybody about Texas A&M, but I, I think these teams are about even. Uh, and so so getting points on a neutral field, which yeah. it is a neutral field, yep. uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense So to me. opened at two. I'm, there's one and a halfs on the board already. I wouldn't be surprised if this thing closes lower than that. To me, I'm treating this as if it's a pick 'em because I think Arkansas wins this game. I think I think that's the way to look at it. All right, my next game, I'll get the other big favorite out of the way. I'm going to go with Michigan this week, minus 16 against Maryland. We've seen this story before with Maryland. Uh, in fact, we saw it a year ago. <laughs> Terps start out four and zero. Yep. Everybody's whoa, man! Look at Maryland. Look at these guys. Look at look at Tulia Tagovailoa. This is he's, Talia. He's as good as Talia. He's good as Tua. Blah, 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 blah. He's not. He's not as good as Tua. He is good, though. Here's the deal. I last like year, Loxley a lot. I do, too. Yeah. Listen, last year wins over West Virginia, Howard, Illinois, Kent State. That's a recipe for 4-0. Mm-hmm. It really is. And then they hit the meat of their schedule. They so went, what you're saying is the conference. It, well, they, they beat Illinois. <laughs> okay. They, the only wins for, for uh, Maryland in conference last year, Illinois, Indiana, and Rutgers. You know, what that mur- makes, you know what that makes you? A bad Big Ten team. <laughs> they go one and six in their next seven games, and they were outscored on average in those seven games by 29 points per game. That included a 39-point throttling at home to Michigan. This is weird to say because Michigan was in the playoff last year, but they're flying under the radar. Mm. Like, nobody's talking about Michigan as a playoff team. Nobody's talking about, like, this Michigan team is very, very good. I don't know if they're any worse than they were a year ago when they beat Ohio State. Like, this is a legit team. They've outscored opponents 166 to 17 so far. And I know what you're going to say. Okay, who they played? Colorado State, UConn, and Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Also keep this in mind. This entire first three games of the season, Harbaugh's been toying with his offense. He treated it like a preseason. This has been like we're switching this guy, this Mm -hmm. guy. Mm -hmm. They they haven't had a settled quarterback, which it looks like they do have a settled quarterback now. Who... By the way, of all the grade, all the plays that he's made, mm-hmm. zero have been graded negative plays. No other quarterback has fewer than six negatively graded plays he's in up, the country. He's now twenty to one to win the Heisman. Think about that. As good as Michigan was last year, and Cade McNamara was efficient last year. Mm-hmm. Imagine you had this level, like a, of a playmaker, what Michigan could have been. I, I think Michigan is is. Amongst the, I, I say amongst the elite. It's hard to say that when the elite is Alabama and Georgia, but Michigan's right there with Ohio State. They're in that conversation, and the defense so far has allowed zero first half points in three games. They've allowed three total points in third quarters. The other fourteen points came total garbage time, <laughs> like when they're basically hanging out. 
Michigan's allowed the third fewest passing yards in the country, 91.3 per game. Mm. And like I just told you, they've outscored opponents 166 to 17. You think those teams late in the game, or you think they're running the football? No, they're chucking it around. And it's not working. This is an elite defense. I, I do think Maryland is going to push the defense some because Maryland's a, a big step up offensively. Sure. sure. Yep. The physicality of this offense is the difference, though. They are going to bully Maryland yep. up front. Michigan's won the last two in this series by an average of 36 points per game. I don't see any reason to believe Harbaugh doesn't run it up here. Michigan minus 16 hosting Maryland. So here's some trends for you. First off, Michigan is an NCAA best 13-4 and four against the spread since the start of 2021. Let's acknowledge that. I think that's it's not totally surprising yeah. because Michigan before last year, everybody mm-hmm. thought of them as this massive yep. disappointment. They are 6-1 and one ATS versus Maryland since Maryland joined the Big Ten. And Maryland is 5-20 and 20 ATS in road Big Ten games since 2016. Or that's not just Big Ten. Yeah, it's called road conference games. Any okay. road conference game since 2016, Maryland is 5-20 and 20 so, ATS. So you like this pick? Yes, I like this pick a lot. All right. Let's get on to— By the way, are we, it's, uh, is, are we live streaming this recording— is, is somebody listening to this live? No. Or is McKenzie just firing on all his apps because Texas A&M, Arkansas is on the move. Where are we at? One and a half consensus now. Multiple books have changed. That's probably what the contest line will be, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like I said, I'm treating it like a pick I just think it's funny. Yeah. We're recording this podcast, and all of a sudden I'm looking at the odd screen in front of me, and it's blinking because the <laughs> odd is changing. And now I'm looking to see, is McKenzie? Uh, how much you laying on this game, Mac? <laughs> me, myself, personally, zero. Okay. My guys... <laughs> Okay. His syndicate. Yeah, is exactly. Down. Look at this. The screen is lighting up. It's amazing. All right. Where are you headed for the right. third play? <laughs> uh, I'll stick in the Big Ten and I'll go with an ugly play for an ugly game. Rutgers and Iowa. What side are we on? <laughs> the side that doesn't <laughs> want to watch the game. No! Here we go. Please don't make us be on Rutgers again. <laughs> the total in this game is. 34 and a half. It's the lowest total since 2006. Oh, no, no. Lowest total in in the last six years. But if it closes at 34, 34 would be the lowest closing total in a college football game since the year 2000. That would be 22 years or, you know, 21 point something years. Iowa, ironically, played in a game that closed at 34. Uh, that was in uh, last year, I guess, Iowa-Wisconsin, um, which wound up pushing on the total. Anyway, let's talk about this game. I was a mess. We have to. I was a mess. Are they in it, – it's, it, it's a very interesting bounce-back spot because they played a marathon game on Saturday. Not sure if anyone was aware because why the heck are you watching – Iowa against Nevada, but the game started at 6.40 Central Time. They endured four hours of lightning delays and finally ended the game at 1.39 a.m. local time. In the game, Iowa's offense finally showed up. They scored 27 points. That's after scoring just 14 in their first two games combined. Now, why did this happen? Well, they got some starters back on offense, which helped, but their offensive line has had so many issues. 
Now they get to go up against one of the most aggressive defensive fronts in college football. Rutgers has only allowed 97 rushing yards in three games combined. That defends what Iowa wants to do, which is run the football. And so now we're talking about making Iowa run one-dimensional and asking Spencer, kind of, yeah. Spencer Petrus to beat them. Petrus has struggled all season long. Kirk Ferenz is having to answer questions about, is he going to make a quarterback switch or not? Now, Rutgers clearly has its issues offensively. All they, they, they just run the ball. That's it. They're, they're like Navy, right? Or, or Army. Yeah. Because throwing the ball, I mean, they stink. But they're 21st in the country in rushing yards per game. 228 rushing yards per game. Iowa rushes for less than 100 yards per game. So I got a top 20, 21 team in the nation in running the football. I got a defense that has allowed less than 100 yards in three games combined on the ground. I got a game that's a total of 34 and a half, and you're giving me the primetime nationally televised home dog plus eight points? I'm sorry. Iowa favored by eight on the road? Primetime game? Pandemonium in Piscataway? I will take the points with a bad Rutgers team against a bad Iowa team. All right. I don't love it, but I don't, I mean, it's because I don't, I, I don't like betting on Rutgers. I wouldn't want to be on the other side, though. So I, I'm not going to fight you on this. In fact, what I'm going to do is return the favor and give you a pick that I know you're not going to like. All right. We're going to fade USC again. Don't do it. Oregon State plus six and a half. And this is terrifying. All right? This is like betting against the Bills right now. I, <laughs> I was just going to say that. I was just going to say, you know how you told me on Straight Out of Vegas AM that you never wanted to get in front of the Bills I, I train? Don't. I don't want to get in front of this USC train. But this is the thing. USC's defense continues to be bad. And I think they got they caught a really good break last week when Jake Hayner gets hurt. Sure. They've been extremely reliant on turnovers, which isn't sustainable. Here's the problem. The Oregon State is not going to have a pass rush. They they don't have a pass rush. And this this USC offensive line protects the passer as well as anybody. Mm-hmm. They, they're legit. But Oregon State's an elite tackling team. They're an elite coverage team. And they're an elite run-stopping team. And really, if you look at the game that Oregon State played against Fresno, they played better against Fresno with Jake Hayner than USC did without him. Yes, they did. They did allow them to march down the field in the final minute and score. Yeah. Score, go-ahead touchdown. But then they returned the favor and scored the go-ahead touchdown in a minute. <laughs> Oregon State wants to run the ball. They want to control the clock. And they want to limit possessions for SC. And it should be doable against an SC defense that ranks in the bottom third nationally in defensive line yards. Is this game in Corvallis? It is in Corvallis. Okay. Since 2006, Oregon State's 3-2 and two against USC and Cor- Corvallis straight up. The three wins all came when USC was in the top 25. Mm. So this Oregon State team is one of the most veteran teams in the country. Most of this team was was there a year ago when they beat USC 45-27 in the Coliseum. The Beavers that day ran for 322 yards on 6.3 yards per carry. They won time of possession 35 minutes to 25 minutes. Lincoln Riley has this offense humming. Yeah, the defense do. still is an issue, 
And if Oregon State can do that again, like six and a half points, they may win the game outright. This US, USC's defense is bad enough. It's going to cost them a game at some point. Not Like not a cover, it's going to cost them a game. Playing in Corvallis is as tough as it gets. It's a weird road trip. I think I think Oregon State hangs around here. It's not my favorite thing because USC is a cover machine right now. They're just smashing heads. But they're due for regression here. It's got to be coming. I'll take my shot with the Beavers here. All right. You can do that. <laughs> All right. Where are we going for our last one? Or your last one? I'm going to lay points here. And I'm going to go with Oklahoma laying 12 and a half. I love this. The new look Sooners have looked nothing short of impressive. And this is kind of like the the Florida-Tennessee thing because Kansas State historically gives Oklahoma hell. Yes. I think these two teams are very different than they mm-hmm. normally are. Yeah. Uh, last week's romp of Nebraska showed that no matter what the situation is, like the talent wins out, and that's what – Oklahoma has. Dylan Gabriel's been in control of this offense. He's thrown for 759 yards and seven touchdowns without an interception already. The rushing attack chipping in nicely. They average 235 yards per game on the ground. So I have no doubt that Oklahoma is going to score on Kansas State. I think the game comes down to the defense. Brent Venables will drop a game plan that will make Kansas State one-dimensional. And it happened last week. Look at what Willie Fritz did. They took away Deuce Vaughn in that game last week, right? Too late. Yeah. And it forced Adrian Martinez to throw the football. Adrian Martinez is not a good passer of the football. In three games, he has just 304 passing yards and one touchdown. You don't have to explain how shitty Adrian Martinez is. Yeah, there you go. Nebraska football knows. Everybody knows. So I think Brent Venables has drawn up a game plan that is going to limit Deuce Vaughn, going to say, hey, Adrian Martinez, come out here and do whatever you got to do. Pass the ball. You're not going to be able to do it against the talent of our defense. And Dylan Gabriel and this offense are going to put up a ton of points. I think Oklahoma, this is like, I I don't want to say it's a coming out party, but this is uh, a conference game where they just say, you know what? We're a college football playoff contender, and you got to start taking us seriously. Because this is a good conference game, and we're going to romp them by over two touchdowns. This is the only concern I have, is that Kansas State lost to Tulane. Like, had they won that game, what what's the line on this? Is it 11? I mean, like, it's certainly not two touchdowns. Yeah, I don't think it matters. Okay. To be honest with you, I mean, yeah, like, I don't think it would have been less than 10. No, I don't either. Yeah. So know. what's the difference between 10 and a half, yeah. 11 and a half, or 12 and a half? I'm with you. I, I, I think this Oklahoma team is just too talented, and Kansas is just bad on offense. I'm a big as good deal. as Deuce Vaughn is, it's yeah. like if, if, he, if he's the only thing there, it's not good enough. And we know he is. And I'm a big Dylan Gabriel fan, and I don't think we acknowledged enough the importance of having him be the quarterback with Jeff Lebby as the offensive coordinator. Because these two were together in Central Florida. And so – he is so comfortable in this system, the language, the scheme, the, the 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 mentality of just you know hurrying up and 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 controlling things at the line of scrimmage. I think it's just the perfect recipe. This this is a really good Oklahoma team. All right, my last pick in our eight pack here. I'm going to go Central Michigan plus twenty seven and a half at Penn State. The Chippewa. The Chippewa. 
Uh, Central Michigan's got what I'm looking for in a big dog. They have a quick strike offense. They've got a dual threat quarterback in Daniel Richardson. And that offense got them a cover against an Oklahoma State team with a much better defense than Penn State, mostly because they just didn't quit. In that Oklahoma State game, the Chippewa, the chips were down. <laughs> you, you see what I did there? Yeah. 51 to 15. They're down 36 points in the second half, and they score four of the last five touchdowns and cover the mm-hmm. game. They don't win the game, but who cares? They cover the game. It, Richardson could dominate as a runner in this game. Penn State grades 125th in tackling per mm. PFF. Penn State's coming off a massive road win, yep. non-conference win at Auburn. Conference plays on deck. It's a noon kickoff. It's kind this of like This is eh. very sandwichy. Yeah, this, this is the, this is the type, sandwich action. This is, sandwich action. This is the type of game where like students sell like you sell your tickets. Yeah. Back, like we don't we don't need to be there for the Central Michigan game. Back door is open, friends. Central Michigan plus 27 and a half. Do you think for the contest purposes cuz I'm looking at the board right now, it's 28 across the board. Uh oh, 28 and a half would be so great. That's what I'm really hoping for. If it's 28 and a half, I think that's a gift. Uh 27 and a half is we can, we'll live with it. I think I would love to see 28. Oh, that'd be and awesome. That would be awesome. And hopefully they make you pay the Penn State tax. All right, where are you going for your total? It's like a spite play, I think. Um, Houston Rice over 52 and a half. I thought you were going to say Iowa Rutgers under. No. no. (laughs) I've bet on Rice. Uh, I mean, I've bet on Houston, I think, for the first two weeks of the season. Houston's dead to me. I'm done with them. That's that's how I feel. But you know why they're not not dead when it comes to overs? Because they suck on defense. They can't tackle. Their players have no interest in playing defense. What happened? Sack Avenue or something, right? They, you know what? They, that's the, they do cause pressure, and they can get turnovers, which is good. It gives the football to their offense because their offense can score every time they have the yeah. football. Clayton Toon is that dude. And Nathaniel Dell is one of the best wide receivers in the country. Do they miss they, – they, they miss Alton McCaskill, the running back who got hurt. He's out for the year. He would be tremendous in this offense. He was great last year, so they have to rely on other guys in the offense uh, to run the football. But still, they can score. The problem is they give up points like it's their job. And so over 52-and-a-half, I'm going to take the over in every Houston game the rest of the year because, like I said, they're going to keep scoring, and they stink on defense. All right. I'm going to go with Vanderbilt, Alabama, over 58-and-a-half. Now hear me out. Alabama scores it by themselves? I think they'll score 50. Okay. Hear me out. I know it was Northern Illinois, but it feels like Vanderbilt might have found something with A.J. Swan, the freshman quarterback. Vanderbilt played with some tempo last week. The faster they play, the more possessions Alabama's going to have. That's great news for the over. Alabama's probably going to score every time they touch the ball. I think we saw Alabama's offense. uh, Bill O'Brien took some heat after the Texas game. So they came out against Louisiana Monroe and said, okay, we got to make a statement. They've got a chance to continue that statement. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know why they wouldn't do it. Like, this is this feels like the, it's, a, it's a conference game. Here's the other thing. Bryce Young, who by the, I think Bryce Young played really well. I think he's the reason why Alabama won that Texas game. They would have lost without him. But Bryce Young, his stats weren't great that game. It's, gonna, it's going to take big-time 
efforts, big-time stats for him to win a Heisman again, he's going to have to put up big numbers against the bad teams on his, on his schedule. This is a bad team on the schedule. I think they put up 50-plus in this one. They probably do. Just give me a little something. Just man. a little something. Just man. a little something. Fourth me, quarter touchdown. And give me a touchdown. Versions. That's yeah. it. Give me a touchdown and we're 56 good. 56 Alabama late in the fourth quarter. Kick give, the field goal give, to not get shut out. Me, yeah, let's get, get, let's get points on the board and go home happy. That's right? it. That's it. Uh, so one, one more thing with the Houston Rice total, because explain this to me. How is this line so low when the average uh, points per game scored by Houston and allowed by Houston is – uh, almost 70, and the average points per game scored by Rice and allowed by Rice is 65. That's a good There's question. no weather. It's going to be 95 degrees on Saturday yeah. in Houston. Why is this total so low? It's the travel. Oh, from Houston to Houston? Yeah, it's like seven <laughs> miles, something like no, that. How far is it? You know, how far it's is it? about seven miles. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> is it? Yeah. So is that? Is this going to be tightly contested because it's a high school rivalry matchup? <laughs> I don't is know. Is that what this is? I don't know. I, I, if I were do playing kids side. From, do kids from Rice go against the kids from Houston and say, it's not fair, you played 5A and I played 4A? No. <laughs> Listen, the kids from Rice, go, the kids from Houston, they're lucky if they can read. The kids from Rice, <laughs> they, all the kids at Houston are going to be working for the kids at Rice, so the kids from Houston have to be really nice to them. It's a it's one of those things. All right. That is going to do it for this week's episode. Again, uh, he, he, oh, let us tell you something. Let us, let's fill you in on what's going on around here. Scott and I have a new show called Straight Out of Vegas AM. Uh, it is on daily on this very podcast feed, and it will be on other podcast feeds as we go forward or on another podcast feed as we go forward. But for right now, it's on this podcast feed. If you want to know about any changes we make to our college football uh, card, you will hear about it here on, on uh, Straight Out of Vegas AM. You will hear about it on our Twitter. Scott's been posting the card on Twitter. Uh, once we get it, once we get it locked in, he's posting it so you see what the exact plays are. Here we'll probably discuss why we decided to, to yeah. make this move. So that will be on this podcast feed, and we appreciate you guys listening. So give us a listen. Let us know what you think. We're talking all the days all the day's headlines with a Vegas lean. Mm-hmm. And specifically um, for Friday morning's episodes, you want to listen because that's when we're probably going to have the changes, if any, to the college football contest card. So Friday mornings, listen. And, I mean, you should listen every day. It's great information to start every your day. day. So the, the, the podcast is out as soon as you wake up. So you're going to work in the morning. You, you know, get in the car. You got your Bluetooth connected. You put on your podcast app. Bam, straight out of Vegas AM is available for you right there. But especially on Fridays, uh, we will go, you know, just a, a little repeat of our contest card and any changes that we make. Uh, and just to repeat, our best bet this week is Wake Forest plus the touchdown. All right, and if you go to pregame.com and you're interested in getting some some more picks, some premium plays, I'm up in the NFL on premium plays. I'm up in college on premium plays. I don't remember the last time I had a losing UFC weekend. I am killing the UFC right now. I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's printing money. Uh, help McKenzie's got some NFL plays. He's been posting. Scott's got still got baseball. If you're an old Scott baseball guy, you can still <laughs> get his picks. You can still get his picks, and you can get all that stuff for 20% off by using the promo code SAC20, S-A-C-K-2-0, 20% off anything at pregame.com. That's good for the listeners of this college football podcast only, and that'll be good for the next week. Till the next, till the next, next time the college football podcast populates the feed, SAC20's gone. 
you would have missed you the weekend's what? games anyway. Next College Football Podcast next week, we might have another code for you. We might. That's why you got to listen. We might. You better listen. All right. Scott, let's do better this week. We will. We got I said five and three. That's what I want every week. Five and three. We might need to mix in another six and two now to make up for this last week. So or seven and one or eight and zero would be nice. I'll take that too. I'm not. I'm not greedy though. I'm. I'm. I uh, am. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> as long as one of us is, it probably works out. One. One greedy. One not. It probably evens out. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Offense, play fast. Defense, swarm, swarm and tackle, attack. We get out, block them. We get out, tackle them. We get out, hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out block them, you out tackle them, you out hit them, and you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt.